Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in Soco Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level, what in essence is high-performance culture. We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Hey everyone, so today myself and David sat down and spoke to Dan Lawrence, the renowned boxing SNC coach. Uh, pleasure to speak to Dan today, very knowledgeable man, obviously working at the top of his game. Uh, we have a chat to him about his career to date, how he's got to where he is as an SNC coach, alongside his kind of career highlights, of which there have been many. Um, we have a chat to him about the role of SNC in boxing and any reflections he has on his performance as an SNC coach and his role in helping boxers achieve their goals uh, inside the ring and outside the ring. Um, get his thoughts on overcoming the cult of personality in terms of uh, well-known boxing coaches, how he works around them and works with them in terms of influencing the SNC decisions that need to be made in prepping fighters. Uh, speak to him about the art of communication. We also get some insight from him into what a typical week of prep looks like the week of a fight for a boxer. Uh, we chat about his future plans um, outside of boxing, inside of boxing, and also get his dream client who he'd love to train outside of uh, the boxing community. Uh, and lastly, then actually we get a bit of a, a chat between himself and David on their top biggie songs, so two boys well into their music, so a good one to listen into right at the end. So again, as per usual, any questions, comments from myself and David, you can reach us on Instagram on Soco Performance or else Steve Clancy Physio. And for Dan, uh, he is on Instagram under Perform365. Also, his website, he has an unreal online uh, coaching component. So if you go to his website, it is www.perform365.life. So great website. Check that out uh, if you want to get in touch with Dan for some tips or some coaching. So yeah, hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sleepy Perform Repeat. Today, we are speaking with Dan Lawrence, an acquaintance of David's from his time in London. So I'm going to hand over to David here, who will give you a bit of background on Dan. Okay, all listeners, um, it's a real pleasure we have Dan here over the phone tonight. He's the head of performance for Matchroom Boxing, works with a lot of professional boxers at the highest level, competing for belts week in, week out. He's an elite strength and conditioning coach that has great experience and exposure of working with a variety of athletes, from premiership footballers to NFL players to many, many, many different boxers. He's also involved in Perform365, which is an online training program that he started himself and he also works out of many 
boutique high-performance setups in London, such as Manor and BXR. He's also been a contributor on men's health, men's fitness, women's fitness, and a variety of other different ventures through the years. So we're looking forward to hearing what high performance means from a man that really is all about high performance. So, so Dan, how's life? Welcome to the podcast. What are you up to these days? Okay, very good. Just tell us a little bit about, tell the listeners about your journey to date. I mean, now you're, you know, we're watching, we're watching Sky Sports and we see you coming out ringside and you're having a lot of, you're having a lot of surreal moments, right? So how did you get to where you are today? How did you become such a, such a household name in the field of strength and conditioning and high performance? And we, we spoke to uh, Rob Madden last week and we were asking him, Dan, about um, the most surreal moment he's had in his career to date and he, he referenced the boxing moments. You've obviously worked in, with, with some high-profile athletes and in some big fights. What's been your career highlight to date or what's been the, mo- the moment where you've kind of took a step back and been like, Jesus, how, how have I gotten here? Or, you know, like this is amazing, yeah. that kind of thing. We've, um, we've, we've done some good things with John. Um, 
he, he was kind of dead at the weight when he was boxing at middleweight, 160 pounds. He stepped him up to 168 pounds in his last four fights. He's had four showroom knockouts on, on big stages. Hmm. Um, so he can't be ignored anymore in world level. Um, so for me, that was that was very much up there. as I had a really good moment. Um, it was, yeah, definitely some emotions going off after the fight. Um, shouldn't admit that working in boxing. I suppose you're not going to show any emotion, but I uh, <laughs> certainly did after the fight. I'm going to be straight with you guys. It was a, a very proud moment for me. And there has been a few, you know, I think... But working in combat sports, this is this is something that I'll allude to. Is you know, for, I'm not doing that from a financial point of view. I'm certainly not. You know, there's no huge money in it. It, it really is passion. It's belief that I can help these guys. Um, you know, especially this in high performance. Honestly, it's in its infantry, but it's you know, it's not something that's been around for 15, 20 years in combat sports, especially. Um, so we can get some some big wins with these guys. We can help these guys, keep these guys potentially injury free. Uh, tolerate and deal with these high boxing volumes um, then I know my role is being uh, yeah I'm adding value which in essence is, is, is all I can do but uh, going off on the tangent as I'm sure I will on this podcast to answer your question Las Vegas is a pretty high moment for me yeah. it's funny we had Matt Jarvis on a couple of weeks ago Dan and you know he's early 30s now and he's played a lot of Premier League football games been capped by England and, and we were like if you could look back on anything over the last 10 years what would you say? And he, what he said was, he kind of wished he lived in the moment of those big moments a little bit more so that he enjoyed it because, not that he's forgotten it now, but it kind of passed so quickly and it was on to the next game because yeah. that's the nature of, of our game, professional sport when you're, when you're at that sort of level. But uh, it was nice advice. It kind of made, made me think a little bit too about it's hard in our profession sometimes to go, geez, we did a great job there, but... You know, after that big event in Vegas, even if you, you took a day and probably went, well, I was a small part of helping Mr. Ryder win, you know, that's that's got to give you great satisfaction. Yeah. For sure, and I think, you know, in, in strength conditioning or performance, whatever you, you like to call it, it's, um, it's often frowned upon that we, we, you know, we, we don't want to shout about our successes, you know, because we don't want to make it about us, because it's not. Yeah. In essence, it's about the athlete. You, you, you exactly hit the nail on the head there, DC, in terms of, we play a small part in the bigger picture, yeah. and that is improving the athlete, rule number one. Um, and, you know, I, I was reluctant to post something on the on social media the other day, of Eddie Hearn mentioning to Eddie Hearn now, if people don't follow boxing, he's probably the biggest name in boxing in terms of promotion, um, oh. head, of, head of Matchroom. He, he gave me a personal shout-out on a, on a interview, which, firstly, I'm surprised he even knew my name, huh. um, but uh, I don't take that from an egotistical point of view and give me a shout-out. I think that's actually a win for strength conditioning in combat sports in general. The, yeah. You know, a guy who's world-renowned would actually praise a strength conditioning coach for the shape that he got the fighter in. Um, so I think that's a win for everyone. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. I've got a question for you, Dan. Um, it's just one I've always been interested in and obviously somebody in the world of boxing you'll have a much better insight in, into it than I will ever have but there's always appeared to me to be a kind of an idea of like a, a cult of personality a bit in boxing especially when it comes to trainers or well-known trainers say like your Coups de Battles or even in Ireland like your Billy Walsh's and what we've seen in, in Ireland is that obviously Billy Walsh left and has gone to the US and there's been a bit of a dip in, in performance so is, is there... Is that a, a thing? Like, if a coach goes, how much of how much of leeway do you, as a strength and conditioning coach, have in boxing coming in? Is it still very much a coach-driven sport, or do you feel like you, you're given leeway to really kind of take over a, a trainer's kind of camp? Or how do you feel about that whole that whole kind of 
cult in, in inverted commas we'll say of the coach Tell us about, tell our listeners who mightn't be so au fait with boxing as a sport, what's a typical week like in leading up to a big fight? So you're leading up to that, that big fight with Ryder a couple of weeks ago. What, what happens in the five or six days just leading up to it, roughly, for a soccer player here that might be listening to this that might know boxing so much? Um, but we don't want to uh, put them under too much neuromuscular fatigue 
Very good, very good. Okay. We've um we've had a, actually the last few weeks we've we've got a good variety of people in with us then from, from a lot of different sports. Um and it obviously as physios it always challenges it that you're trying to rehab people for their for their specific sport. You're obviously predominantly working in boxing. Have you any kind of desire to work with, say, athletes from other individual sports, like whether that's a combat sport like MMA or whether it's non-combat, something like CrossFit, or whether it was an individual sport like athletics or something like that? Uh, do any of those other sports interest you, or are you solely kind of, do you see yourself staying in boxing? No, absolutely. Yeah, I'm open to working. You know, I've had the pleasure of working across a multitude of sports at the moment um, due to this role over the last 18, 19 months. Um, boxing has definitely taken centre stage, but no, more, more than happy to, uh, to work in other sports. Um, and in essence, from a strength conditioning point of view, you know, what we do, we train the athlete, not the sport, you know, so we obviously do a needs analysis of the given sport and, and the athlete themselves, and then we try and improve the physical qualities that are going to uh, improve them in that sport. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, definitely open to working in other sports for sure. Okay, Dan, we asked three questions to everyone on this podcast. So you're on the spot. What does high performance mean to? What does high performance mean to you? Oh, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I suppose consistently performing above what's deemed the standard level to achieve long-term success. And I think the word I'll tap into there is consistency. Um, you know, people can win a game, but can you win a league? Can you win a tournament? Can you be consistent with these? standards and principles to achieve the end goal. Um, obviously, you have to set the end goal first and then put the systematic approach in a strategy in place to reach that goal. Um, so, yeah, I suppose performing above the norm but doing it consistently would be the answer of that. Pretty good. Okay, good answer. Second up for you, Dan. Obviously, you've had a very successful career today. Perform 365 is, is booming that kind of stuff but if you've ever had and this can be professional or it can be uh, in your own kind of training I know uh, um, these things always don't go according to plan but if you've ever had any kind of a setback what do you do to recenter yourself or to, to regain your edge? Yeah um, it's a good question um, a very sort of self-critical um, and kind of an evaluated I'll probably evaluate this podcast after and say uh, I probably didn't do so well on that one. But um, <laughs> you're doing well, yeah, Dan. You're identify, doing well. <laughs> identify what didn't go to plan. Um, take a step back, you know, and then maybe put a strategy in place to ensure you're better prepared the next time. Um, but in the same breath, Connor, you know, everything ultimately happens for a reason. Um, and the, if the outcome or the desired outcome wasn't there that you envisage, um, then just get back on the horse and go straight for that next goal. Um, I think, yeah, brush yourself off and go again. Uh, we, I think, you know, I think Jay said it in his podcast, actually, that I listened to with you guys, is, um, you know, don't dwell on mistakes. Um, yeah. You know, mistakes happen. You know, this isn't a linear path. We're not chasing perfection. But we are chasing small wins and little improvements on a day-to-day basis. Um, so if something doesn't go your way, you know, self-reflection is key. Have a look at maybe why. Could you have been better? Could you have been better prepared? and then get back on that horse right away and go again towards that goal. Because you're a racehorse. Dan, big big three in life, and they can be philosophical, they can be family-orientated, your own training. What are the three things at the moment that are important to you? Okay. Um, I'm very 
yeah. you know, I do live, live and breathe somewhere in my profession and work on a day-to-day basis and I actually think that that's probably a negative in certain ways in terms of having uh, release and fun time with friends and family. Um, so work, work is without doubt very, very important to me. Family life is as well um, and going out with friends is, is definitely a release and it's something I need to do more of. Um, I'm trying to cook. I had a word of myself, again, a little bit more reflections happening in 2019, but I had a word of myself that I need to just go away and have some weekend breaks and see what Europe has to offer and things like that. Because uh, I think that's going to make you a better practitioner in the long run as well, is just taking a step back. And I use the analogy with my, with my athletes in terms of stress management, like the volcano analogy, is kind of, kind of build up, build up, build up, and then eventually it has to erupt, you know. And it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start preaching about the grind, you know. <laughs> I think a lot of coaches do that, but you know, you have to be, you have to be careful that, you know, you, you're controlling yourself and looking after yourself, and I think I need to do a little bit more of that. Um, so I'd probably, yeah, my big three would be my profession, what I do on a day-to-day basis, family and friends, you know, it's a very simple and boring answer, but uh, that, that's kind of what, uh, what sits well with me, you know. Nice. Perfect. One, one last one from me, Dan. Uh, it's a bit of a, a wish list question, but... Excluding boxing, if you could train any one athlete in the world, either kind of currently currently playing or currently exercising or retired, who would you who would you choose? Who would you who's your dream client will say? Saquon, New York Giants running back from Penn State. Mr. Lawrence, it's been a pleasure having you on today. You are you although you're humble and won't want to acknowledge it, you're a guy that helps the popcorn come out. You're you're consistent, you preach about having to keep learning, you are an avid learner yourself. Um you're a racehorse, you try not to look sideways, you're trying to keep going forward, although the path isn't always linear. You're you're re- doing very well, which is great to see. You're passionate about your job, like the two of us here, so we, we're really looking forward to having you on today. I want to ask you one last thing and then we're done. You, we had a little debate yesterday about Notorious BRG or Tupac, and I'm going to a rap gig tonight. I'm going to see Wu-Tang, Public Enemy, and De La Soul. So what's your favourite Biggie, oh, wow. Biggie track? Oh, Come on. Yeah, that's a spot here, buddy. Wow. Well, firstly, how, how are you seeing Wu-Tang in Dublin? Wu, yeah, and the three tonight is Wu-Tang, De La Soul, Public Enemy. It's called Gods of Rap. So I'll have to give I'll have, have to give you a shout out on the social when Method when Method Man comes on stage with Chuck D. Oh wow, that'll be epic. Um, Biggie, um, Juicy. Is it you're going with Juicy? Are you? And mine's sky's the limit. Sky's the limit is a great tune. It's good. Great tune. I 
Dan, thanks a lot for coming on today. We've enjoyed speaking to you. Legend. Cheers, guys. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thanks, Bye. Dan. Bye-bye. Bye.